Fatherhood is fascinating. One day you're dad of the year, and the next day is, well, the next day. Welcome to Positively Dad, a podcast designed to help dads embrace the journey. Thanks for joining us for Positively Dad. My name is James Shaw. I'm your host. I'm a dad. My wife, Terry, and I have a seven-year-old daughter named Naomi, and I'm so thankful you've decided to join us for our episode today. I started Positively Dad earlier this year just to be a resource to dads. When Terry and I found out we were going to be parents about seven years ago, um, I went out looking for resources to be the best dad that you know could, could ever exist, and I just didn't find a lot of stuff for dads. Most of the stuff that's out there is for moms, and so the idea of Positively Dad came to mind then, and I sat on it and sat on it, and finally, earlier this year, I decided to get it started. So we're about six months in now to this Positively Dad journey, and I trust that you're getting value out of it. My goal is to help us grow as parents, partners, and people so that we're just always, you know, kind of looking at things that we should think about. We do two podcasts every week. So this is our more traditional podcast where I talk to an expert about something who's going to help us, you know, think about something or look at something maybe a little bit differently. And then Naomi, my seven-year-old, joins us at the very end to give you the kid's corner. Always a fun tidbit of whatever is on her mind. And then every Thursday, I do a dad talk episode where we just talk to a dad about being a dad. And, and that's what we're looking to do is just help us grow. So today, I'm, I'm excited to have a conversation about school and parents and how we partner with the schools and how to look at education because it's back to school time. Everybody's back in school now. We've been in for over a month now, and some have been in now for a week or two. And, um, and, and you know, it, it seems to be that it works out best when parents are partnering with the school, when we feel like we have a relationship with the school, we have clarity about what you know we expect to have happen and what they would like to have happen for us at home. And so I'm always reaching out to find people who can help us with this. And I'm excited today. I've, I found a gentleman named Dave Schmidt. He's a dad. He's got four kids. He'll talk about that. And he's sat in just about every seat that you can when it comes to education. He's, he's been an elementary school pr- uh, principal. He's been a middle school principal. He's been a teacher. He's been a college professor. In fact, he was named the 2018 College Educator of the Year, and he was the Principal of the Year in Michigan in 2014. And he's written a couple of books that can help us look at learning and parenting and how we can partner with the schools. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. How do we as parents partner with the schools so that the, our, our kids' trip through education is a really positive one? So let's jump in. Dave, thanks so much for joining us on Positively Dad. Absolutely. It's my pleasure to be here. Well, we're excited to talk with you. I always love getting the perspective of an educator for what we as parents can do to partner with the school and and know what's going on and be engaged in our kids' learning. So just first, tell our listeners a little bit about you. Absolutely. So uh, my name is Dave Schmidow, and I, 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 I'll tell you my day job, but it's not my full-time job. My day job, I have a title of Executive Director of Curriculum and Instruction at a school district just outside of Flint, Michigan. But my real job is I'm a father to four amazing kids. Uh, my oldest child is 13 going into eighth grade uh, next week. My youngest is four going into preschool next week as well. And then I've got two others in the middle there. Well, that's awesome. And so you love being a dad and you love working in education, which is great. You have a, a book that came out a while back called It's Like Riding a Bike, How to Make Learning Last a Lifetime. You've got a new book coming out as well where yeah. you kind of look at how are we teaching our kids? Because really, the you know, school's like the same now for the most part. This is a generality. School is pretty much the same as it's always been. And, and so you just kind of have a different perspective on it. 
Yeah, you know, most of my perspective as an educator truly does come from my perspective of, of being a dad. Um, you know, I, I walk through schools on a daily basis. My job, in essence, is to, to help teachers be better teachers and help building principals be better principals, ultimately so that students can be better students. And um, as I go into classrooms and into schools every day, I'm looking through the lens of as a dad, would I want my kids in this experience with this um, with this experience help prepare my kids for their future, a future that, you know, we've heard it before, a future that we that is so unknown. We have no idea what jobs are going to exist in 10, 15, 20 years. Mm -hmm. And in my schools, um, I want to make sure that we are setting our kids up to be successful in whatever that unknown world looks like. So what are you looking for then? If you're going in, hey, is my kid a fit here? Is this going to match up? What is it that you're looking for? Yeah, you know, it's, I think for too long in schools, um, we've spent our time focusing on content, the regurgitation of information, if you will. Um, you know, I, I look back on my own schooling experience. I remember so many tests and quizzes where I had spelling tests or I had to memorize the presidents. I had to memorize the dates of battles. I had to, to just memorize a bunch of facts. And that's what school was for us back in the day of encyclopedias. When um, if you didn't know that stuff, you had to spend hours and hours and hours at the library flipping through books to try to find answers and information. But today we're in a different world. Uh, today we're in a world where Alexa and Siri can tell you all of the facts you need to know. And we're, we're in a world where our kids need skills more than content. They need to, to know how to determine what's real news versus fake news. They need to know how to evaluate sources. They need to know how to disagree with each other in respectful ways. They need to learn how to collaborate and communicate. And I think that schools need to evolve um, along with that. We need to really focus on skills over content, which is, you know, in my job, my title, executive director of curriculum and instruction curriculum is really the determination of what needs to be taught. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's always difficult for me to enter those conversations with teachers to say, even with my job, um, I'm coming into to your classroom and your space to, to, to try to get you to evolve because I don't want you to so, focus so much on the what or the content or the, um, the facts. It's, it's really the skills that matter more. Well, what about the people, though, that say they should know who all the presidents are? They should know all the state capitals. They do need to know how to spell. Oh, absolutely. I'd say more than that, we need to teach them how to use the devices that will help them um, figure those things out. You know, I've challenged my teachers in my district I, and I asked them point blank. If I went out and instead of spending the thousands of dollars I have in my budget on textbooks and worksheets, if I simply decided that I was going to put an Alexa or an Amazon Echo or some sort of Siri capable device in the middle of your classroom that could answer every single what question, I'm using what in quotation marks, a question of just simple facts and um, again, content regurgitation, would it change your teaching? And inevitably they say yes, because it would free them up to teach other things that that truly matter more. Um, and I think that's where we're missing the mark. You know, I'm, I'm a guy that I believe that we, honestly, I think we test our kids way too much. But I think one of the things that we're getting right is that in states all across America, and I'm currently in Michigan. I was a, a building principal for a while in Florida as well. I think that the people that are writing the assessments and actually creating the standards actually latched onto this concept well before classroom teachers did. The standards now ask for us to, to get our kids to analyze and to create and to evaluate. But in the classroom level, we're still teaching our kids knowledge and, and understanding and simple comprehension. So our teaching hasn't quite evolved 
although the testing or the assessment of skills really has, which mm. is why we see scores in classrooms and in districts stagnating and or declining all, all over the place. That's interesting. So the district and the state wants us to measure creativity and problem yeah. solving. And we're not teaching that, though, in the classroom. Absolutely. The, the standards that we have are really college and career readiness standards, and they are designed to measure whether or not students could succeed outside of the K-12 environment. But what we often do in schools is we try to prepare kids to become the next batch of teachers. I mean, I, I look at myself, for example, I was a classroom teacher for close to a decade before I went into administration for the last decade. And I look at it and I know when I was a classroom teacher, I would look at my students and I would think to myself, I was successful. I'm successful. I have a job. If you want to be successful, go out and do things the exact same way I did. Mm. And what I did was I shortchanged these kids and set them up to go out there and be the next generation of teachers, but not necessarily the next generation of engineers and innovators and creators. Um, and I think that does a disservice to kids. So how can we as parents pay attention to that if that's not happening at school? Absolutely. So um, there's there's a lot that we can do. Um, and it, just as a parent, um, the first thing you can do is ask questions with uh, your school officials, with classroom teachers. Um, you can ask them questions about how your child is being encouraged to innovate, um, how they're being um, challenged and pushed. And, and I don't want to say be disrespectful to teachers in any way, shape or form, but challenge the teachers to make sure that they have evolved along with the standards and the expectations. Um, if your child is still bringing home packets of worksheets where they simply have to memorize things and there's only one right or wrong answer and the teacher is looking at knowledge as though it's binary as something that a student either has got it or doesn't quote unquote got it, then there's an opportunity for a conversation there because learning is, is always a process. There's always more that can be done and um, more that can be learned. The, the second thing is in our own classrooms or in our own um, houses, we can ask our kids questions that, that truly inspire. Um, you know, a, a simple task that, that I do is with four kids, I purchased my fair share of Lego kits for Christmas and birthdays. I've got Legos galore. But something that I do with my kiddos as soon as I buy them their Legos is I open them up, take the directions out and throw them in the trash. Hmm. I don't want my kids to, to learn how to just copy directions and create whatever image was on the box. I want them to use those Legos to innovate and make something different and unique. Um, and then when they make it, we destroy it and we make something else. And that's the kind of thinking we need to, to, to give to our own kids. So if we want to get into partnership then with our teachers, yeah. so that we're all on the same page, how, how would you recommend we do that? Yeah. So <laughs> I'll, I'll tell a personal story for me. Um, I am not allowed to, to attend parent-teacher conferences for my kids. Um, that is my wife's job because I know at times when, when I have conversations with classroom teachers, I can come across kind of strong and kind of pushy and um, unconventional. So my wife, I, I script her on how to go have those conversations because she can do it way more delicately than I can. And I think that's an important thing um, to understand when it, when it comes to, to talking to teachers. Teachers are all doing the absolute best they can. We have to assume positive intentions and know that they are giving their time, their energy, their souls, their spirits. Um, they're giving everything they can to help our kids. So we can't come in and just attack teachers for doing things differently. It's number one. Um, we need to stand beside our teachers and ask them what we can be doing to help them as well. And 
when you're having disagreements, when you're having conversations with teachers or school officials, this is probably the most important thing. We need to do so privately. We need to make sure that we're not blasting um, teachers on Facebook or on Twitter or on Instagram. We need to make sure that the conversations we're having with teachers and school officials to, to try to push things and innovate things don't happen in front of our own kids. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we need to make sure that our kids aren't running to us and tattling on teachers, knowing that we're going to aid them and assist them in, in solving every disagreement. Um, if my kids have issues with teachers, I simply listen. I encourage my own child to go and advocate for themselves, which that is another lost art and a skill that needs to be taught is self-advocacy. Um, they need to learn how to have those face-to-face conversations. And then if I decide that it's appropriate for me to step up and have a conversation, I reach out and I ask to have a face-to-face conversation with a teacher. I don't, again, I don't blast it all over Facebook. I don't put it in, um, in, in writing for the world to see. And I don't tell my child that I'm having that conversation. Because I don't want them to then run to all their friends and tell them that um, I'm getting a teacher in trouble or a principal in trouble. And I, I, I want to be able to handle it um, between adults and have a, a real collaborative conversation. Again, that lost art. Yeah, well, it requires us to, I guess, be interested in the perspective. I, I would think that a teacher now I have only a second grader. So we're only, you know, we're in our third year of school. I just feel like, though, that a teacher has the exact same agenda that I as a parent have. I mean, yeah. they've gotten into this career because they love kids and love helping them learn and grow and get better. And things are going to happen in the class. So if I'm curious about what's going on, I should go straight to them. I mean, we had a teacher on our most listened to podcast ever is a teacher named Jessica Gentry, who was a yeah. kindergarten teacher for like 12 or 13 years. And she finally just had enough. And it was a combo of things some stuff in the administration, some standards that the school had, and quite frankly, just, you know, the parents all the time, just kind of the way that they communicate with her and the environment that they created. And so she just said, you know what, I'm out. And and more people listen to that episode than any episode ever. And the feedback is on both ends of the spectrum. Right. And, yeah. um, and so I just feel like, though, I mean, aren't we, don't we all have the same thing in mind? Yeah, you, you know, I, I think, I think we do. Um, I think, that 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 is an important thing to realize, and it's something that is obviously often forgotten about. I think about like with my wife and I, we don't parent the same way. We we don't always see things eye to eye on what to do with with our kids. But when we have those disagreements, we do them. We have those disagreements privately, and then we enter the room with the kids um, arm in arm and on the same team. And I think that that's something that is missing in this whole conversation. You know, you talk about the conversation with, with Jessica and um, let me preface this by saying she's one of my favorite people <laughs> and I agree with every single thing that she says. And this is me as an administrator and as a district official, the guy that's responsible for putting out a lot of those edicts and setting those expectations. And um, I know personally that I've been responsible for teachers leaving the profession. You know, the statistics are out there that um, one in five teachers will leave the profession within their first three years. And it, it's not that they've lost the love. It's that we've beaten it out of them, quite frankly. Every single teacher that gets hired to work in schools comes at it with that parental heart that they just simply want to change lives. They want to change destinies. They lead with their heart, not their head. And then they enter a system where we start measuring and quantifying everything and turning kids into numbers and turning teachers into labels of effective and highly effective. And we start measuring um, everybody and everything and comparing everybody to everything. And 
we we lose the love, we lose the authenticity of of the moment. Um, you know, today uh, was our teacher's first day back here at my district, and we made a concerted effort today. Our our major focus for our teachers was getting to know each other and getting to know our students beyond the numbers. We've spent enough time teaching teachers statistics and teaching them how to quantify things and look at scale scores and uh, proficiency ratings. We need to get back to the heart of education, which is getting to know people and helping people become better people. Yeah. Okay. So you talked about a couple of things that I'd like to visit in the time we have remaining. And uh, so we're going to kind of go backwards a little bit. And that's one you said, you know, let's teach them how to use the devices. Let's, you know, Mm -hmm. let's put them in front of them. We had um, a podcast on this. There's a gentleman who wrote a book called The New Childhood. And he just he talks about the screens are everywhere. There's nothing you can do about it. So it's not about how much time you spend on it. It's what are you doing on it? Are you do you have a healthy relationship with it? What how are you using it? And you you mentioned this a little bit about that. What would you suggest as a recommendation for parents that are looking at how technology plays into this creativity and learning? Yeah. So um, you know. W- uh, I, there's so much that I could say about this, but again, our job is to prepare kids for life. And I think it's important that we remember that every skill is a progression of skills. It's not a got it, don't got it. And I say that because I think one of the failures on our part as adults with technology is that what we tend what we tend to do oftentimes with technology is just give kids devices and then we back off as opposed to scaffolding what they're able to have access to or how they're able to use it. Our job in schools is to teach kids, not to just restrict kids, to teach them for the life and the world that they're entering. And the world that they're entering is a world that encourages people to swipe left and swipe right. It's a world that encourages people to type with their thumbs. It's not a world where we write in cursive anymore. It's not a world where we very rarely type with all of our fingers anymore. We need to be teaching kids those skills. We need to teach um, the social media skills that are so often lacking. We need to teach people the difference um, between um, uh, how to how to make friends and how to lose friends, how to like and dislike, how to what a retweet implies, what writing in all caps implies, because those that's the world that our kids are are entering. So I'm not about restricting devices. I'm about teaching, um, and I'm about uh, taking the training wheels off, proverbially, when the time is right but we've got to get our kids proficient or learning the skills that they're um, going to need later on. Okay. Well, clearly this is not happening in school. We're not teaching them what LOL means or anything like that in yeah. school. So the, the, uh, I guess you're kind of saying the same thing is in the book is we've got to teach them how to, how this works, what the relationship is. Yeah. It's not like you don't, you know, when it comes to recess the, in a school, in an elementary school, for example, the teachers don't just drop the kids off at recess and then come back in 20 minutes and pick them up. Yeah, exactly. they're, they're, they're out there with them. And if someone pushes, they intervene and teach them that you don't do that. If someone gets hurt, they're there to help out. I mean, they're engaged yeah. in recess. Absolutely. I, I feel like though, when it comes to technology, they go, here's your tablet. Um, you know, have fun, play this game. Right. And, and you know, I'll be honest, a, a lot of that, that blame comes on people like me. Um, we, we spend a lot of time going out there and buying Chromebooks and iPads for teachers to try to make their jobs easier, if you will. Um, but in reality, all we do is make their jobs that much harder because we know that the greatest teacher is a teacher. It's not a textbook. It's not a device. It's not a, a software program. It's not a platform. But we send messages to teachers when we would rather 
by Chromebooks than support their own professional learning. If we're going to give them a tool to use with their kids, we need to teach them how to use that tool. You know, a, a prime example, our administrative team here at my district, um, we come together in the summertime for a, a little retreat where we can do some professional learning. And this year I took our building principles down to Snapchat. Um, we have a Snapchat uh, site here in, in Michigan, down in downtown Detroit. And I took the admin team down to Snapchat so they could hear from the people on the ground floor about this technology, this this platform that in the educational world and in the parenting world has gotten such a stigma attached to it. And I wanted them to, in part, learn about the power of that platform and all the things that could be done if it was utilized well. And our eyes were open. There were so many things that we had no idea could be done. Um, and likewise, as we talked to the officials at Snapchat, and we were trying to figure out the skill sets that our kids need to be able to, to be employable in the, in the workforce later on, because this is a, a hip company and they've got tons and tons and tons of applicants every year coming straight out of high school and college trying to work for them. Time and time again, they talk about the skill sets of um, being people, pe um, people, people, having positive attitudes, having persistence, um, failing forward. They talked about the skills. They said, we'll teach them the competencies. We'll teach them the content that they need to know. We'll teach them um, how to utilize sophomore applications, software applications. But we need people that know how to work with people. And this was a social media company. It was it was powerful. It sounds like it would be. And boy, does that wake up some people when it comes to what are we doing in school? Right. True yeah. Story. yeah. All right. So as we wrap up, what's the what's the message you want these dads to hear as we enter a new school year, kind of with your perspective on education and how parents should be involved? What's the message you want them to get? I, I think it's twofold. I think um, as as dads, we need to partner with schools. Um, we can't take our hands off and say, schools, it's your, here's your job and I'll take um, my job at home. We have to partner. We need to be in it together. And we have to understand as dads, um, especially dads that have careers out there, that most likely our kids are not going to follow in our footsteps and have the same careers that we have, quite simply because these careers aren't going to exist. So we need to make sure that we are presenting our kids with opportunities to go out there and fail and struggle and ultimately learn. That's awesome. Well, tell everybody about the books and where they can find you. No, I, I appreciate that so much. So actually, today is the official release day of my latest book, Bold Humility. Uh, that's one you can find on Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Just literally type in Bold Humility. It is a, a book about leadership and it is not a how-to book. It's not a manifesto or anything like that. It's truly a book about all of the mistakes that I've made as a leader and the lessons that I've learned along the way and uh, just the willingness to be vulnerable and, and be real so that you can empower others to do the same. Uh, my last book was called It's Like Riding a Bike, How to Make Learning Last a Lifetime. It really uh, builds off the, the idea that if we can teach a kid how to ride a bike when they're four and five years old and they'll, they'll never forget it, surely we as professional educators can teach kids skills on a Monday and have them remember it well past Friday, well past test day. <laughs> if we right. really embrace the skill set. I've got a website out there. It's schmitto.net. Schmitto is spelled S-C-H-M-I-T-T-O-U.net. Look me up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, wherever. I'll find you. I'll like you. I'll friend you. And we'll, uh, we'll grow together.
Well, I appreciate you talking with us. A lot of valuable lessons learned as, as a school year starts and as parents were partnering with those teachers, we've got the same goal in mind. And so be looking at, you know, what's the school doing to, to be, keep our kids in line with what's happening today and how as we as parents can partner. Dave, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. So many great you know, things to think about, great perspective to give. You know, I, I think that, again, well, like I said at the end, this is about you know, having the same goal and partnering and working together. So I trust you got a little value today out of how we as parents and how our schools can work together for the same goal and help our, help our kids learn, grow up, and be, be great adults. You know, I, I would like my daughter to grow up and be a great adult, and that's one reason why I include her in the podcast every week and give her an opportunity to just kind of share whatever's on her mind. We call it the Kids Corner. It's unfiltered. Uh, don't tell her what to talk about. She just decides. And so here she is. Here's Naomi with her thoughts on whatever in the Kids Corner. What are the kids thinking? Time to find out in the Kids Corner with your host, Naomi. Hello, this is Naomi Shaw. Today we are going to talk about there is no such thing as having too much stuffies. Stuffies are really cuddly and warm. If you weren't like me, then you have to come to my house and see all my stuffies I have. You will like faint. I have like a thousand stuffies. You would not want to come here, it's a mess. Well, so let's get on. There's no such thing as having too much stuffies because stuffies are fun, you play with them, you can play bouncy house with them. That's it for Amy's Corner. Have a great day. Bye. She does love all her stuffies. In fact, every night she's got to sleep with three of them. A big one, a medium-sized one, and a little one. So that's cute. Hey, I want to thank you for listening to Positively Dad today. I trust that we added some value to you. You learned something about just how we as parents can partner with those teachers in those schools that are working so hard uh, to do the same thing we intend to do, which is help create pretty awesome humans. So I, I, I hope that you learned something today. Would you do us a favor if you did? Would you share this podcast with someone that you know who you think would enjoy listening to it? Would you rate us wherever you listen? We would love it if you'd do five stars and even write a review and subscribe too so you never miss one. Finally, you can follow us on social media. We're at Positively Dad on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, and you'll find us online at PositivelyDad.com. I'm James Shaw. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Positively Dad. Bye-bye.